I actually just submitted my short film from last year to a bunch of film festivals, including Tribeca. Um, that is called St. Mark's, and it is about three high school girls who play hooky in search of the original Four Loco. Hey folks, it's another Fanboy Friday with me, Shah Jahan Khan. This week's guest is Shehrzad Raza Priestler. Shehrzad is a native New Yorker who attended undergrad at Columbia University, where she majored in Middle Eastern, South Asian, and African studies and followed the pre-med track. After an identity crisis, Shehrzad fell in love with all things filmmaking and is now an MFA candidate at Brooklyn College's Firestein Graduate School of Cinema. Much of Shehrzad's work deals with growing up Muslim in post-9-11 America. As with a few of my previous guests, Khala and Shezi, Shehrzad was also connected to Salim Gundal's short film Post-Term, which is now actually available on Focus Features and JetBlue. She was actually the script supervisor on set, and during a meal break, we learned that she turns out to be the cousin of my bandmate from Rubby Shovey, Rafi Rashid. You can also read an excerpt of our interview on Rafelion's FON website for Muslim American creative projects at createfon.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. More with Shehrzad Braza Priestler and me after a quick break. So I actually co-wrote and co-directed that with one of my best friends from my graduate program named Katrina Montgomery. So now looking forward, we're going to be writing, like we want to expand it into a TV show. So we're going to be working on writing additional episodes, um, doing treatments, stuff like that, and then hopefully finding funding. I'm also starting a production company with my friend Katrina once we graduate. It's going to be called Bodega Cat Productions. Um, so that is like a big thing that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then I guess the third big project of the year is my thesis film. Um, so I, even though I like write and direct and do basically anything that I could be needed to do on film sets, um, I'm in the screenwriting track at my MFA program at Brooklyn College. So I wrote a feature film for my thesis called Emo. And it's loosely based off actually when I grew up um, in middle school in Worcester, Massachusetts, um, and kind of the shock of being around so many Islamophobic people, um, because I actually was born in Chicago and I grew up with the same kids and I didn't really experience that much like racism because I had was had been with these kids since I was like five. Then like 9-11 happens. A few years later, we moved to Worcester, Mass. And then I just, I had never experienced that level of like Islamophobia or hatred towards like me and my family. Um, however, it, the emo is, you know, it's a coming of age dramedy um, that heavily leans into the comedy, the comedic aspects of it. I mean, I'm not making light of Islamophobia with the project, but, you know, it is about kind of how like, as I was dealing with Islamophobia, I kind of found myself drifting away from my Pakistani Muslim identity and more into like the emo subculture. Can you tell me a little bit more about like your background? Like when did you know that you, this is kind of like what you wanted to do? Yeah. Um, well, so my name is Shahrazad. That's my full name. And my mom actually named me after the titular character from 1001 Arabian Nights, the feminist princess Shahrazad, who saves other women from being killed by telling stories. So it was kind of ingrained in my DNA and kind of willed by my mom in a way that I am like that I was going to become a storyteller. 
Um, and, you know, in addition to that, I've been huge into like reciting poetry, especially in Urdu and Farsi uh, with my mom. So I've kind of always been in this like oral tradition that a lot of South Asian families partake in. Um, however, like any other good South Asian Muslim, I was actually pre-med in undergrad. Um, and I also did Middle Eastern South Asian studies. Uh, but I always really loved writing stories, telling stories. And then I actually found instead of becoming a doctor, I found my way into science journalism. And then I worked on a docu-series for PBS under Ken Burns. And then from there, I was like, this is awesome, but I'd like to be more in charge of like the creative. And I want to look into like making fiction, like fictional work. Amazing. And then I ended up in grad school. What's maybe the first time you remember, whether it was like being on a set or maybe the first time you finished a, a script or something where you were like, holy shit, like I'm like really doing this. Honestly, it was as I was writing the first draft of my thesis this fall, um, because that was like the first time it's so I'm in a three year graduate program. And I that was the first time that I was like, holy shit, like I can just like bang out pages once I do an outline and I've seen huge like strides and in, like and improvements in my own creativity since I've been in graduate school. And I was like, wow, I can actually like freaking do this. Like I can actually write films, make them. Um, and in terms of like the directing stuff, it was definitely when I co-directed St. Mark's last March. I was like, holy shit, like we can actually like lead the charge with a group of people and make it a positive onset experience for everyone. What have been some of the more like challenging aspects of doing what you're doing? Like whether it's related to the technicalities of like being mm -hmm. a filmmaker or like personal other stuff or anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, we do unfortunately live in a capitalist society. So money is like a huge issue. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of really awesome grants out there, like the ISS grant and stuff like that. And people are looking to pour more money into diverse voices, which I think is really awesome. Um, but I think another thing that is really difficult for me is like, just like, you know, being a woman of color, you know, people just treat, even you know, even if you're a man, like being a person of color, you're just treated and perceived differently um, by folks in the industry, or you have to like prove yourself in a different way than your white contemporaries have to, like they don't even necessarily have to. And I think, you know, things are getting better and there are more and more spaces being made for folks like you and me. But I still sometimes find myself in spaces where I'm like, oh, I have to like prove myself or like I have to kind of show that like I'm down with the whites or, you know, to or I have to like assimilate or something because, um, you know, at the same time, I think at least for me and I encourage all my other marginalized folks, like I'm like, we should just, you know, take advantage of the fact that we are marginalized and take advantage of our identities to help stories like ours get told. Right. Um, but I also know that that can also come with like being fetishized by production companies and stuff like that. So that is something that like I'm trying to kind of keep my eye out for. Who are maybe your top three other like, I guess, Muslim or Muslim adjacent uh, creatives that inspire you, whether they're filmmakers or poets or writers or musicians or whatever? Um, one of my really good friends, Angbin Salim, is one of my biggest fellow Muslim inspirations. I think you might have actually met her on post-term. Okay. Um, and Did she my, come to the, the gig too with you? Yes, yes. Yes, she, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so Angbin is definitely up there um, because we actually collaborate constantly in different uh, capacities. Most recently, she was the first AD and the editor and one of the talent in a music video that I shot. Yes. In Marine Park. Video. It was awesome. Thank you. 
Um, and I would also say my mom is one of my biggest inspirations um, because she she is a physician. Uh, however, back in Pakistan, she was a visual artist until someone stole her work and claimed it as theirs. And then she was like, okay, I'm out. Um, I'm going to become a doctor. And she is very heavy into poetry. She's been teaching me poetry since I was two or three, like basically since I could speak. Um, and she's an amazing speech writer and public speaker in general. Um, and she just makes really amazing work in addition to being a badass doctor who saves lives. And she like gives talks all the time at like Lahore Lit Fest and stuff like that. Like every year she's a keynote speaker at, you know, events like that. And I think that's really awesome because I think something that's really unique to like our generation that I see my mom also doing is that like we all wear many hats, you know, like we all do all sorts of different things to like make money and get by. And there isn't that kind of like that pre like that pressure to be hyper specialized in the same way as it was for like older folks. Um, and I see that with my mom, although she only really, I think, identifies as like a doctor. Um, I mean, now she's a writer. She did write uh, like a non-fictional memoir about cancer but you know i think that she you know she will always be one of my greatest inspirations and shows me that like you can be a renaissance woman of even the most difficult stuff like being a physician and a poetry scholar fanboy friday is a production of Rafelion media it's hosted by me shah jahan khan and produced and edited by ari mathay our theme music was composed by me with help from nick zampiello at new alliance mastering and features my good friend and longtime musical co-conspirator Tanya Pallet on vocals. Please follow our guest Shahrzad Raza Priestler on Instagram at youngklonopin. That's Y-U-N-G-K-L-O-N-O-P-I-N. And find more of her and lots of other cool stuff by American Muslim creatives at createfan.com. That's C-R-E-A-T-E-F-A-N-N.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>